All yesterday we travel, always getting closer to the mountains, and moving into a more and more wild and desert land. There are great frowning precipices, and much falling water, and nature seemed to have held some time her carnival. Madame Mina still sleep and sleep, and though I did not have hunger and appeased it, I could not wake her, even for food. I began to fear the fatal spell of the place was upon her, tainted as she is with the vampire baptism. Well, said I to myself, if it be that she sleep all day, it shall also be that I do not sleep at night. As we travel on the rough road, for a road of an ancient and imperfect kind there was, I held down my head and slept. Again I wake with a sense of guilt and of time pass, and found Madame Mina still sleeping and the sun low down. But all was indeed changed. The frowning mountains seemed further away, and we were near the top of a steep rising hill, on summit of which was such a castle as Jonathan tell of in his diary. At once I exhausted and feared, for now, for good or ill, the end was near. I awoke Madame Mina and again tried to hypnotize her, but alas, unavailing till too late. Then, ere the dark come upon us, for even after down the sun the heavens reflected the golden sun on the snow, and all was for a time in a great twilight. I shook out the horses and fed them in what shelter I could. Then I make a fire, and near it I make Madame Mina, now awake and more charming than ever, sit comfortable amid her rugs. I get ready food, but she would not eat, simply saying that she had not hunger. I did not press her, knowing her unavailingness. But I myself eat, for I must needs now be strong for all. Then, with the fear on me of what might be, I drew a ring so big for her comfort, round where Madame Mina sat. And o'er the ring I passed some of the wafer, and broke it fine so that all was well guarded. She sat still all the time, so still as one dead. And she grew whiter and whiter, till the snow was not more pale, and no word she said. But when I drew near, she clung to me, and I could know that the poor soul shook her from head to feet with a tremor that was pain to feel. I said to her presently, when she had grown more quiet, Will you not come over to the fire? For I wish to make a test of what she could. She rose obedient, but when she made a step she stopped, and stood as one stricken. Why not go on? I asked. She shook her head, 
and coming back sat down in her place. Then, looking at me with open eyes, as of one waked from sleep, I cannot, and remained silent. I rejoiced, for I knew that what she could not, none of those that we dreaded could. Though there might be danger to her body, yet her soul was safe. Presently the horses began to scream, and tore at their tethers till I came to them and quieted them. When they did feel my hands on them, they whinnied low as in joy, and licked at my hands and were quiet for a time. Many times through the night I come to them, till it arrive at the cold hour when all nature is at its lowest and every time my coming was quiet to them. In the cold hour, the fire began to die, and I was the best stepping forth to replenish it, for now the snow came in flying sweeps, and with it a chill mist. Even in the dark there was light of some kind, as there ever is over snow and it seemed as though the snow flurries and the wreaths of mist took shape as of women with trailing garments.